Professional wrestling is full of crazy stories involving true crimes, controversies, conspiracies, tragedies, and redemption. This is one of those stories. Listener discretion is advised. Here comes the slot drop. I can answer that. That's a slot drop. What is that move? That's a slot drop. What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome back to the Slop Drop. This is Nathan Rogers at We Pick Sumo on Twitter. And we are joined by the unluckiest man in the world, Diamond David Lee. What's happening, man? What's going on? Well, man, we have talked about Ming. We've talked about the uh, death, unsolved murder of Dino Bravo. We've talked about the highs and lows and, and death of Brian Pillman. Let's talk about another crazy story. Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious, the scissor incident. Probably one of the craziest. Martin or Marty Lundy, a.k.a. Arn Anderson, was born September 20th, 1958. Originally from Georgia, began wrestling in 1982, repackaged as an Anderson from Minnesota. And, of course, a founding member of the iconic group, the Four Horsemen, multi-champion in the NWA, WWF, WCW, a WWE Hall of Famer, and now a part of AEW. Uh, without a doubt, my all-time hero, my, my favorite favorite wrestler that there has ever been. Um, just had an unbelievable career. Uh, he was the enforcer, Arn Anderson, double-A. Uh, came up with the Four Horsemen. You know, you just don't get any better than, than Arn Anderson. Sid Udy, born December 16, 1960, from West Memphis, Arkansas, a.k.a. Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, Sid Justice, and known as some as Softball Sid, or simply Sid, broke in as a wrestler around 1987 as Lord Humongous, a multi-champ in the WWF, WWE, WCW, not yet in the Hall of Fame, probably should be. Uh, Sid, also a member of the legendary Four Horsemen group at one time, and even teamed up with Arn on several occasions. Now let's hear these comments from Arn Anderson and Big Sid Vicious. They say a miracle is a moment of divine intervention. Well, Lex Luger, you were the product of one miracle. Never again, my friend. Tell him, big man. You better remember that, Luger. It was a one-time and a one-time only deal. That, I promise. They tell me that something's going on with the horsemen. There's adverse conditions. The horsemen are involved in turmoil. Maybe we're looking at the breakup again of the horsemen. Well, when you look in these eyes, you see an Anderson, you see a horseman, you see a man, maybe you hate his guts. Maybe the side of me makes you want to puke, but you know each and every time you look in these eyes, you see the God's truth. Yeah, you know, Sid, Sid was a... Uh was a big, big man, and, and he had some uh, some good feuds with Kevin Nash, or, or he uh, referred to as Diesel back then. I remember they had the uh, the Battle of the Powerbomb or, or something at one point, and uh, uh, 
Sid was uh, Sid was a monster back in the day. He body, you know, and he was the bodyguard for Shawn Michaels, and that, that kind of turned that Psycho Sid thing. And uh, very, very good. He made it. He had a run with WCW. He was not the the best on the mic. Um, several instances, uh, you know, I know when one he was doing, uh, I think it was an in your house pay per view or something, and he was with Jim Ross and. He messed up a promo and he said, can we start over? And that's the famous, we're live, pal. And How do you address those skeptics? Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of, let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Of course, when he was in WCW, he, uh, he kind of had a little battle with uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and basically told them that he had half the brain that they did. Not the best on the mic, but good in-ring performer. His working relationship with Arn Anderson um, soon went sour, changed as well as their, their lives changed over one crazy, infamous night in England. October 1993, WCW was doing a European tour where they'd had great television ratings, and at that time, WWF was making millions in Europe. And this is one of the worst years of business for WCW, so they went over there to make some of that money. Uh, there was a little heat towards Sid at the time. He he had played WCW over some contract issues, and instead of being reprimanded, he was rewarded with a big raise and a bigger push. Sid also known to skip out on shows, stay home and play softball. Basically, some of the boys were pissed off because while they were out there on the road away from their families working, Sid was making five grand a week staying on the couch or playing softball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that back then, you know, what a lot of people don't or have to realize is they didn't have guaranteed contracts back then like they do now. Um, you know, this was back when when you got paid to work, and uh, that's a, that's a big issue when you've got somebody making more money than you, not working, and you're out here busting your tail 300 days a year. You know, that's going to create some heat in the locker room. Sid soon jumped ships to the WWF, but returned to WCW in 1993. Coincidentally, right about the same time, WWF started cracking down on steroids due to a federal investigation that Vince McMahon was under. Sid allegedly failed a steroid test in WWF a week before WrestleMania 8, not because of a positive test, but because he was caught using Harvey Whippleman's piss. Harvey Whippleman. (laughs) Uh, Also rumors that Sid was never even tested in WCW's new steroid policy. I don't think many were, to be honest. Let me look at Lex Luger, Scott Steiner. There were some jacked up dudes back then, and I don't recall any of them te- uh, failing steroid tests in WCW. No, I don't think WCW had near the uh, the testing policy that the WWE or WWF had back then. Um, you know, I, for for as far back as I can remember, you know, I've heard of guys getting suspended or read on dirt sheets where guys have gotten suspended for wellness policy violations. Uh, obviously, it wasn't called a wellness policy back then, but but regardless for steroids and. Uh, a lot of WCW guys, man, I don't ever recall hearing any of them getting in trouble for for steroid use. So you can see why there's a little heat building up on Sid during this time. Unlike with Arn Anderson, who was respected, well-liked by all the boys, everybody in the locker room, worked his tail off for the company since 85, even took a pay cut to help the company out while Sid took a raise, making up to four times as much as Arn Anderson was. First show on this European tour was on October 26th in Cardiff, Wales. The crew took a very long flight to England, worked a house show, and immediately spent another three-plus hours on a bus ride to the hotel. Uh, there's different versions of the story, but 
but most of what I've read and what's been said leading up to the incident is pretty similar. Arn doesn't really talk about it much. Uh, but between the resentment building up, hours of travel, little sleep, booze, pills, steroids, ribbing each other like they do, uh, tempers were bound to flare up. And on October 27, 1993, Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson got into one of the most insane, brutal, off-air legit shoot fights in wrestling history and if it hadn't stopped arn probably would have been killed you know i got a phone call right after there was an incident there was a stabbing you know arn stabbed sid vicious i was like what the fuck you know i'm just trying to shake the cobwebs out of my head at two or three o'clock in the morning whenever it was that they called me and trying to figure out what was going on over there because everybody was pretty upset and emotional and i got like two or three phone calls over the course of about 20 minutes or 25 minutes and then it's, the picture started to become more and more clear that, you know, Sid was going to be okay, but he did get stabbed uh, with a pair of scissors by Arn. It was, it was freaky. It was just surreal to me. It was astonishing to me at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning after a series of 2 or 3 phone calls that things would get so out of hand that somebody, <laughs> two guys would get in a fight and somebody would get stabbed. It blew my mind. Uh, that was a situation where, you know, we needed to get all of management on deck and try to figure out what to do, you know, and it was hard because none of us were there, you know, and it's, this is where situations like this or that was, I should say, um, become really, really tough because you can't take anybody's word for anything. You know, I knew it then. I know it even more now. Um, everybody's drinking, which is a bad situation to begin with. Everybody's been on the road. Everybody's overseas. There's stress. There's fatigue, there's alcohol, there's God knows what else, you know, involved. And then you have something as serious as this and you have to rely on eyewitnesses. A lot of, lot of, you know, they didn't call them clicks back then, but there were a lot of clicks involved back then. And I don't think you could listen to anybody and take anything that you had to, anything you heard from them at face value in a situation like that. So that was a really, really tough spot. It was really tough. It's a very bad fight, and you know, we'll go into details here in, here in a little bit. But I, I don't think anybody understands just how how deadly this situation could have turned. Thankfully, there was more people around uh, to kind of help break it up, and uh, you know, history could have really been rewritten. Uh, you could have had you know Arn uh, essentially killed, and and you know Sid could have been in spent the rest of his life in prison, and and. Uh, the wrestling world would have lost that on a lot of memories. Um, just a very, very dangerous, very, very risky uh, fight. So story goes, most, most of what everybody says, some of the boys are sitting at a table waiting for food and drinking. According to Sid, Arn was saying things like, uh, why aren't we drawing? Sid then began to brag about how he just got a raise after holding the company up during contract negotiations. He said this knowing that Arn had taken a substantial pay cut. And ribbed Arn Anderson about the funny situation. And uh, Sid said Arn and the other old man, referring to Ric Flair, who's Arn's legit you know, best friend, said they both needed to step aside. Sid bragged about WCW pushing him and building the company around him, which was actually the plan. And supposedly Sid was booked to beat Vader for the WCW title at Starcade 93 and then beat Rick Rude for the NWA title in 94 to unify both those titles and become the face of the company. Sid talked more trash about Flair and said he needed to retire uh, for the good of WCW. You know, that that right there just tells you the kind of 
uh, person that Sid is. One, the fact that, that you've got a legend like Arn Anderson who took a pay cut, who genuinely wanted to see WCCW succeed, and then you've got a guy that's just there for the money. Um, you know, I would say part of the reason why WCW was losing money or losing ratings was because of the mentality of having Sid as the face of their company. Uh, the other issue you have is is Sid telling Ric Flair it's time to retire. Like, I, I mean, come on, man. Arn defended Flair and told Sid that uh, he couldn't work or draw money. Sid claimed Arn threw a beer mug at him, crossed the table. Too Cold Scorpio remembered a beer being thrown, but doesn't remember who threw it first. Remember, they were all sleep-deprived, pilled up, drunk. Uh, so some of this is a little bit blurry, uh, some of their stories. Scorpio said Sid did, did throw a beer, but again, didn't remember who threw it first or if he threw it after Arn threw one first. Um after Sid threw the beer, Arn got in Sid's face and asked him to step outside. Sid backed down, and then Doug Dillinger, WCW security, separated both men and made them go back to their rooms. Dillinger escorted Arn to his room while Sid went to his. Before Arn closed the door, more words were exchanged. So Dillinger shoved Arn into the room and quickly shut the door. In Sid's version of the story, as he walked back to his room, Arn broke a beer bottle in half and threatened Sid with it. Uh, whatever the case may be, each man at this point of the story is now in their hotel room sitting in his room. Sid couldn't let it go. He kept fuming about it, getting more pissed off and was furious that Arn threw a beer at him and then threatened allegedly threatened to cut him with a beer bottle. By the way, no other versions of the story ever mentioned a broken beer bottle. Anyway, Sid thought Arn crossed the line and wanted to get back at him. So naturally Sid broke the leg off a chair in his room and walked a few doors down to Arn's room. They were staying on the first floor. Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat were also staying on the first floor, but neither man heard any of this going on. Uh, Too Cold Scorpio was in his room on the second floor, and admittedly, he was smoking hash. So at this point in the story, no witnesses, and naturally, this is where Sid and Arn's versions differ a little bit. Arn's version is that he heard somebody kicking at his door, and when he looked up through the peephole, he didn't see anybody, so he opened the door, stuck his head out, and Sid knocked him in the head with a chair leg. Sid's version is he had every intention of nailing Arn with the chair leg. He even carried it to the room. He knocked on the door, shouted, come out here, mother effer, bring out, bring out your beer bottle. Sid, uh, they then exchanged some words. Sid claims he eventually calmed down and said he wanted to talk it out because they had a long tour ahead of them. Sid heard Arn stumbling around in the room, thought he was too drunk to fight or talk, so he threw the chair leg around uh, several yards away and walked back to his room. And as he walked back, Arn came out with a pair of scissors. Sid said, hey, man, this has gone too far, but Arn attacked him. He said he knocked Arn to the ground, after which Sid saw scissors fall out of his own stomach due to Arn Anderson stabbing him. Uh, he stepped on the scissors before Arn could get to him again, and then the fight escalated even more. It got brought up, what's wrong with the business? And everybody said, and I, brought, I said it out loud, I said, Flair just needs to, you know, not worry about his job. He's got his job. We all got guaranteed money. Just step back and let somebody else, you know, go forward. You're not, you're not getting a pay cut. So Arnie got upset and hit me in the head with a beer bottle. And so, of course, it, you know, everybody started breaking up the fight. And then we had security there. So as I'm going to my room, now he cracks a beer bottle and he tries to stab me with it. I went, no, motherfucker, this ain't going to happen. So I go to my room. There's a chair in there, and I tear off an arm off of it. So I'm going to go back and whack him in the head with it. When I get down, there's nobody in the hallway now. So I knock on the door. I hear Arn stumbling around. I actually think I hear him fall. 
And I said, he's too drunk, he's never. So I take the arm and I toss it the opposite way I'm going. And as soon as I turn, I hear the door open. And I turn around and he starts going after me. He comes on to me, he keeps it close. I don't really realize that that's when he st stabs me in the stomach. When he does, I just, one time, he drops. When he drops his teeter at my feet, and now out of my peripheral vision, I see the scissors fall at our feet. He had the scissors first. Now he lunges for the scissors the second time. And this time I give him first. And then I stab him back. I got stabbed three times here in my face and once here. But I'll be honest with you, I never realized I was stabbed. I never knew it until when Two Core Scorpio, two core Scorpio said, I guess it was him, he says, hey man, you're killing dude. And I had got armed by the back of the neck and I'm stabbing him everywhere. And hitting him with also, not just stabbing him, but hitting him as well. And then it hits me, I'm standing over him, I'm going, motherfucker, you know, what's going on here? So I take the scissors and I threw him as far away as I could from both of us. So I said, he's hurt, man. So I reached over to grab him. When I did, blood comes out of me, it hits the wall. Now I realize I'm stabbed as well. So that's when I go to the lobby and that's where Vader is. They came to me and said, um, you know, we want you to press charges. I said, no, I'm not gonna press charges. And then they came back the next day trying to give me a press charge. I said, you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm messed up and I know he's messed up, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna press charges. And then they said to me, he didn't have a scratch on him. That can't be true, but maybe possible. So I said, okay, yeah, I'm gonna press charges. So they go back and get the paperwork to come back. Well, that night the nurse comes in my room and I said something. I said, well, how's, how's the, she said, how are you doing? I said, okay. She said, well, your friend's not doing okay. I went, really? I said, these cops just told me that he was, didn't have a scratch on him. So I walked down the hall, looked in his room, and he was messed up. So when they came the next morning, I said, I'm not signing that, okay? But this is how life is. So when I get back home, Arms sues me. You know, so I had to put a $20,000 retainer with a lawyer in Charlotte, which he never got a nickel of. You know, I just had to pay a lawyer to get him, you know, because he thought since I've got money, he doesn't, he's going to get money, which he did and that's how that, that's the only legal ramification there were. There's different stories, uh, different, uh, everybody remembers the events differently, and, and a lot of it's just possibly because, <clears throat> excuse me, they were, like you said, tired, drunk, filled up, whatever the case may be, they, they had enough mind-altering things going on that, that maybe they truly don't remember. Uh, I can safely say, with my career in law enforcement, I've made a lot of good friends uh, in the West Memphis area. And Sid actually lives right outside of West Memphis in another town. Uh, I won't go into a lot of detail there, but I know some people that work there. And I know that some people that, uh, some officers there that have had to respond to his house for some domestic issues, uh, some anger issues. So I find it very hard to believe that Sid was mad enough to break a leg off a chair go down there, beat on Orange Door, and then think, oh, well, he's too drunk to fight. I'm just going to go back to my room. <laughs> I have yeah, let's a hard, talk it out. hard time. Just, other versions of the story, uh, Sid defended himself against the scissors with the chair leg and that, that it was never used. But police reports indicate the chair leg had no dent on it, no blood on it, no scratches, no marks. Uh, what is known for sure is that the scissors were absolutely used by both men. And unfortunately, they were blunt scissors, so they kind of had the round tips, not the sharp kind. Arn's version, after he was knocked out, he woke up with Sid on top of him, pounding his face. He somehow broke free, grabbed a pair of scissors nearby, and stabbed Sid in the stomach. Sid said it started in the hallway. Arn said it started in his room. Either way, both end up in the hallway. 
Sid was stabbed in the stomach and reports said uh, a few more times in the face and his hand. Sid somehow got the scissors from Arnhem and stabbed Arn about 20 times, mostly in the shoulders, in the back, and at least once below the eye, also causing a, a near five-inch slit on the throat, causing Arn to lose a ton of blood. And Sid says he remembers Arn shouting, you're killing me. Well, you know, that's the thing is you look at you look at Arn. Arn was a big guy. You know, he I, what I refer to him as is a big average guy. Because I think he's probably six one, six two, and you know he was. Arn's always been a forty year old man. You know, from the time that he was eighteen, um, he was never the bodybuilding type. He was the rough, rugged brawler uh, type. And you got Sid, who's almost seven foot tall, and and Sid was jacked back in those days, obviously, um, from steroid use, uh, which again leads me to believe that you know I can't can't believe that. Uh, he didn't have a little bit of roid rage there and, and then say, oh, let's just talk it out. But regardless, uh, you know, you got Sid coming after you and Sid's, you know, beating on your door, pounding on your face, whatever the case is. And I can't say, uh, you know, me, I'm, I'm 6'1", 200, well, 300, a little over 300 pounds now. I can't say that, uh, that man, if I saw a pair of scissors, I wouldn't grab them and, and try to stab them and get them off of me either. Sid's a big yeah. dude. Too Cold Scorpio heard the commotion but thought it was Vader messing around. He went to check on Vader and he was asleep. Scorpio went downstairs and saw blood everywhere, all over the walls, all over the floor. He said he saw Sid kicking Arn in the face and stabbing him. And he stepped in between the two and Arn stumbled into a wall. And he said that Sid had a crazy look on his face and freaked out when he saw blood coming from his own stomach, causing Sid to eventually leave the scene. Too Cold Scorpio in an interview said, we go over there and fly into Blackburn, England. We drive three hours to go to the show, just off the airplane, do the show. After the show, we had another three to four hour drive, maybe even five, back to the hotel where we were staying. Everyone was off the bus, taking pills, having drinks. Uh, bleep started to get really heated. Everybody was talking about this mother bleeper making money and that mother bleeper making money. Rick Flair and Arn Anderson started talking about how Flair this, Flair that. He's making this much money, and bleep started to get heated. The next thing you know, beer is flying across the table. Sid throws a effing beer. This sends the guys to the rooms. Everybody was like, "F it." Uh, everybody goes to the rooms. I'm up getting hashed out. Well, I could put it like this and stuff. If I wasn't there, Sid or Arn Anderson probably wouldn't be here today. Put it like that. So if it wasn't for me breaking up the fight between those two guys, I was the one who broke them up. Yeah, I'm the one who went to the hospital with them, and I'm not even fucking office, but yet I go to the office, and I'm doing the paperwork for him, and I'm doing the paperwork for Anderson. I'm calling his wife, and I'm calling his wife, you know, trying to handle everybody's business and shit like that and shit, which ain't got nothing to do with me. But yeah, I was in. The whole incident has started way before we got at the damn hotel. That's when the whole shit started. You know, people on the damn bus with the wooden spoons, staring up shit. You know, you you have an eight-hour flight. You get over there, and the first thing you do as soon as you get there, after an eight-hour flight, is you got to go take a three-and-a-half-hour ride straight to the vignette. You got to go on wrestle. You got to go on fight. And as soon as you get done fighting, you got another six hours right after the match. A six-hour bus ride back to the next town that you're going to be in the next day and so you're on the bus you're eating everybody's drinking beers and what little handful of pills or whatever you was able to sneak over there and shit you know people taking this taking that you know staring up the pot you know so by the time they got to the hotel the shit was already in an uproar 
you know, we're all sitting at the table, sitting, sitting at the table, you know, luckily, you know, we got back to the hotel. They was able to scrounge up some sandwiches and chips for us that night and everything and stuff. So we're all sitting around the table, you know, and the conversation is still going on about, you know, what Ric Flair has done in the business and what Iron Anderson has done in the business and what Sid and kind of going back and forth with all that bullshit. And, you know, the next thing you know, shit, you know, Sid, you know, didn't throw his fucking glass. Sid just took his fucking beer and shit, you know, was talking shit. Sid fucking threw his drink at the motherfucking Iron Anderson threw up through his glass. That's how the shit started and this shit. Shit escalated. When the shit started like that, Sid, you know what I mean? You know, Sid, everybody always thought Sid is just a big, you know, pussy. You know, this person did this, person did that. You know, Sid is a big, scary motherfucker. When that motherfucker gets to the point where he get mad and he want to do something, and that's what happened. It pushed him to the point he was ready to fight. You know what I mean? Iron Anson threw the glass. They got ready to brawl at the table. Dillinger broke it up, told everybody to go to their room. Everybody, you know, party's over you know let's close it down it's time to go it's late it's about two o'clock two thirty three o'clock in the morning already didn't get back to the hotel till about 1 1 30 from the trip you know already so later woke up came out to his room in his underwear and see sid walking down the hallway with blood gushing out of his stomach he grabs Sid, supposedly sticks his thumb in the sid's stomach where the wound is and they get some towels to slow down the bleeding until emts arrive an interview Vader said, by the time we got off, 10 hours later, we were taking an eight-hour plane ride, a two-and-a-half-hour trip, fighting, 10-hour bus ride back. The guys were frazzled and worn. I remember it was Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson, myself, and a couple other guys sitting at this table. We were finishing up a beer while everyone else was checking in. I remember getting up and saying to the guys, I'm going to bed. Apparently, Sid and Arn had squared off. After I had left. Well, you know, I mean, if, if Vader was able to stick his thumb in there and stop the bleeding, kudos to him. It probably helped save Sid's life. Sid comes walking over and he's doing Frankenstein walk. Man, he had a hole in his stomach right here. And about, about my thumb. Every time Sid's heart beat, I mean, about a nickel size, uh, my side of my finger would pump out blood. And I stuck my thumb in the hole. Literally stuck my thumb in the hole there. And it actually quit bleeding. I said, don't move, man. And I said, I started yelling. I said, somebody get an ambulance and Sid's going to die. And they said, Leon, don't move. Your thumb's got it stopped. And the ambulance driver came and said, we got it now. And he pulled my thumb out. And you know what? Neither Arn or Sid thanked me because, and I don't expect them to, but I'm just kind of being facetious here. I think maybe I saved his life, but never once, hey, Leon, thanks for sticking your thumb in my head. That was quick thinking, you know? You know, and it's a shame that there's not, anybody around that could give us a definite, Hey, this is actually what happened or this is what happened. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things the world may never know. Um, I can draw my own conclusion. You can draw yours. All right. You want the true story? Guy that has no marbles in the race and was there. They go into bicking at one another in the bar like the boys do when they're drinking. And they said some nasty things to one another. Well, all right, Anderson, you just Rick Flair's buddy. That's the only reason you get booked. Well, you're just a big with steroid head. That's the only reason you get that kind of back and forth. So my room was right here and Orange was across the road from him. So I hear Sid Vicious yelling at Arn Anderson, you man, where are you, you son of a bitch? So Arn has come down trying to get in his door and Sid hits him on the, the door opens and Sid hits him with the leg of a chair that Sid had been carrying. Arn falls, falls in and 
I think he may have landed on the bed because he comes out with the scissors in his hand. Sid took off up to his room and he was trying to get his key in the door and Aaron run up and stabbed him in the side. Boom, boom, boom. Oh my God, there's, he's stabbing him. So <laughs> what are you going to do? There's blood pouring out of his side there and Sid's holding his side. So Sid goes outside and falls it over. So Dillinger comes down and says, where'd you go? I, I have no earthly idea. They got, I think Sid hit Arn with a stick or something. Arn come back and stabbed Sid. Sid has run outside. He's fell over outside. He's bleeding. We need an ambulance. So the police come. They take him to the jail and do all the things. So then they, they send them both home. And I really don't know what happened after that. I mean, nobody got fired. Nobody. But I mean, it was just started over. Two guys not getting along. And they said, if you send them home in the morning, we won't arrest none of them. So they deported, technically deported me, I guess you could say, they put him on the plane. It was ridiculous. Two big old boys and little old me getting in the middle of that. No, sir. It was a fight that uh, escalated very quickly. It probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And uh, realistically, we're lucky that they're both still alive in here. Supposedly Sid's eye was swollen the size of a tennis ball. Arn's eyes was completely swollen shut. Both were taken to nearby hospital. Sid had surgery that Wednesday and was released the end of the week. Arn also was released the same time as Sid. And though weak from blood loss, he still went home. Doctors told Arn that if he'd lost any more blood, he would have lost his life. And if the stab wounds near his eye was an inch or so off, he would definitely lost his eye. And without question, he wouldn't have survived if the scissors were blunt. Uh, Sid claimed hospital staff initially told him that Arn didn't have a scratch on him. And he almost pressed charges. Once he found out Arn was in bad shape, he declined to press charges. Had a complaint been filed, both would have been stuck in England for about three months. You know how the court system is. Neither went through with it. Police didn't pursue since both were leaving the country. And WCW paid a crap ton of money to the hotel for damages. Uh, the fight made headlines in London. But most fans thought it was an angle or just a storyline to generate interest in the tour. It got very little coverage in the U.S., those that did report it had some of the facts wrong. Uh, they actually reported that it was some WWF wrestlers and that the uh, wounds were from a third-party attacker. Well, the thing about it is, man, the, the people over in Europe are are just such big wrestling fans. Um, I guarantee, had those guys uh, been cleared and came back, you know, a month later, and they were both on the card, whatever arena they were in would have been sold out. Because they would have just ate into yeah. it, uh, whether it was whether they thought it was work or real life, you know, they're like, oh man, they're you know they're coming back. They're just that's the thing about over there, man, is those fans are just they're just over the top, huge, huge wrestling fans. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. I love watching when the WWE goes over there because they're just it, it's kind of like going to uh, Chicago or or New Jersey or something where you got uh, I hate the term smart marks, but when you got a lot of fans. They're diehard like that, and they really get into the show. Um, it kind of, it just, it just makes it better, you know. When your fans are 100, yeah. percent you can have, you can have 100 fans that are cheering on their feet, screaming all night long, and it's going to be better than having, you know, 5,000 fans who are just sitting on their hands. And so, Europe's always a cool place to go, and I, I guarantee that didn't do anything but boost ratings for whatever, whatever company was over there next. I kind of feel like when Sid made that made that comment, oh, well, they told me he wasn't had a scratch, so I was going to press charges on him. You know, that's that's a that's baloney. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, Sid knows what he did to him and and everything, and that's just kind of to me that's the coward's way out. Well, I was going to do it, but 
I'm the bigger man, and I decided not to. Hey, man, shut up. You know, that's, you know that's not the case. You didn't want to be stuck over there any more than he did. Shoot interview, his Sid side of the story says, I'll tell you exactly what happened. We were at a bar, and I was just waiting for my food, and we were all at the table drinking. Arn asked the question, what's wrong with our business? Why aren't we drawing? The other company is, the other company that, the other company this. So I said, you know what's wrong with our business? We have old man Ric Flair who needs to get the F out of the way. We then got into a verbal argument. And they were slinging beers in my face at the bar. And it just goes to show how dumb he is. You know, and it even started out, there I was, sir, just minding my own business. And, uh, you know, they asked me a question, I answered it, and they didn't like my answer. But regardless, you know, uh, I'm sure we're going to cover the employment status of them after this was all said and done. But, you know, and even Ric Flair, you know, that dude is, is just, a, to this day, you know, 20 years later, is a uh, is a wrestling god and so well more than 20 i guess now but uh, it just shows how ignorant he is at the next show on this tour obviously everyone was exhausted and shocked over what happened vader said that there was a meeting they were told management was thinking of shutting the tour down and sending everyone home but he suspected it was a work just to scare everybody which i, I can see because again wcw needed this money so i doubt they were actually going to cancel this tour oh yeah absolutely this was uh this was a money-making machine for them over there. They they needed this bad. And really, I don't know why they didn't run Europe more often. Because Europe, yeah, I mean, those guys, it's just a cash cow over there. WWE, uh, you know, they or WWF at the time, they profited big over there. They still do. Um, so I, I, don't, I think it would have took an act of God to get them to shut down that tour with all the money they were making. Supposedly, Sid reached out to Arn the following Monday to apologize. But who knows? I mean... Uh... According to Sid, before this incident, he was unaware of any heat between him and Arn, and Arn had always been professional and helpful. WCW tried to pretend that it never happened, but Missy Hyatt talked about it on her 1-900 hotline that they had at the time, saying Sid was to blame and should be fired. Uh, the production team was led to believe that he was going to be fired because they were told to edit everything out of the shows on him. A lot of television uh, had already been taped featuring both men. Arn was out a few months recovering and booking changed entirely. Sid was removed from his match against Vader at Starcade and replaced with Flair. That match with Flair and Vader actually ended up to be pretty good, by the way. Uh, the whole thing was just a bad deal, and really both are to blame. Uh, Arn, a very tough man. Sid also enormous. I mean, you know, you called him a monster earlier. Weapons were involved. I mean, this was just a bad situation. Two Cold Scorpio and Vader both. You know, claim that to be the unsung heroes, and they probably are. Scorpio broke up the fight, probably saved Arn's life. He also ended up calling both, you know, all their families back home in the states and alerted them so they could start making arrangements or do whatever they needed to do to deal with all this. Vader plugged up Sid's gut with his thumb, preventing him from bleeding to death and dying. Either of these guys could have died, like you said, changing the course of wrestling history leaving the other one either charged with murder, uh, one's dead, one's murdered. Uh, both careers would have been ruined. Uh, obviously, Sid won the fight, but you know you mentioned earlier about the career. He ended up getting fired, returned to WWE as psycho Sid. Because Sid had these issues that, that arose, not all his fault, I'm sure, but the end result was for him to be figured as, well, we're talking not just a, a top guy, we're talking about the top guy. You can't rely on the top guy, and you can't keep him healthy, and you know he, he can't work as many dates as his predecessors did in that role. you got to reevaluate that whole situation. So that's kind of how that was. Sometimes you just got to 
you got a fish or cut bait and we cut bait reliability folks i don't if you got a your 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 you want your woman to be or your man to be reliable you want your kids to be reliable you want you want to be if you got people that work for you, you want them to be reliable it's such a big deal because if you're not there you can't help her issue was said because he had everything in the world look uh you know he was athletic for a big guy six nine so i i did it was sad how that all worked out and and we'll never know how great he could have been, quite frankly, because we never got to see it. And actually ended up coming back to WCW years later. Arn was there, too, and they, they had no further problems at that time. But just a crazy story. Well, you know, and that goes that goes to just kind of show um, how dumb Sid was at that time. And, and I hate to keep saying that, but, I mean, it's just a fact. Uh, you ruined your chance. You're talking about Ric Flair needing to retire. Well, guess what, bud? You just got fired. And you got replaced. You're you're supposed to be the face of the company. And who did you get replaced by? Ric Flair. And guess what? Ric Flair and Vader had a hell of a match. They had a hell of a story, hell of a match. Uh, went on to be really good. And you know, Sid went on to do what Sid did. Um, he had a good little good little run in in the WWF at the time, being Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. And like I said, he had feuds with Kevin Nash. Uh, ended up hurting Kevin Nash, but. Uh, all that. And then, uh, yeah, Sid came back, uh, you know, a few years later. And, uh, I actually remember on a Monday nitro, uh, they had all of the, they had Luger, Sting, Sid, and a couple other guys at the, at the top of the ramp, the entrance ramp. And I don't remember exactly what was going on, but. Hey, and for once, you guys look like you showed up ready for work. I can't believe what I've heard. Hey, what's up, Sid? No softball game? Said, what's the matter, Sid? You're not so tough without your scissors or something like that. And, uh, it's kind of like, Whoa, you know, but didn't, didn't really expect <laughs> anybody to bring that up. But, uh, then Sid, um, at some point during all that, when he suffered that just horrific, uh, I don't know remember if it was his leg or his ankle injury where it his broke. Ankle. Yeah, on Disgusting. TV, that was just, oh, man, it was gross. Um, you know, and I think that kind of ultimately ended his full-time career. My opinion, both are at fault, and I think I know your answer to this question. Who who do you more likely believe? I know Arn doesn't really talk about this. Actually, Sid has been consistent with his story for the last, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever. Whose side is David Chapman on? Man, I got to go with, go with Arn's. Um, and like I said, a lot of it, a lot of it's just because of the personal knowledge I have of Sid uh, in his life uh, here, with even as recent as the last you know three or four years. Um, the fact that you know it was obvious he was on steroids, and you get that roid rage, um, which is not a term I throw around very often. But uh, you know, he just—I have to go with Arn because I just think Sid was too much of a psychopath. And, and again, I'm like you; both of them are at fault. Neither one of them were in the right. Um, Arn is always admitted to fault um whether it's on his podcast or shoot interviews um you know there's an instance where he slapped disco inferno and uh, you know he owned up to it and said you know that was the wrong thing i should have never done that but it happened and this is why and, and his story matched discos perfectly um so i just I, I just have a hard time not believing what Arn is saying uh, with all the factors that we have well there you go that's the Arn and sid scissors incident um just another legit crazy story in professional wrestling 
I actually think, uh, you know, I know you have a personal opinion about Sid. I actually think he probably belongs in the WWE Hall of Fame and will probably get there someday. But uh, I also tend to, to, to believe Arn in this situation. Both are to blame. Anyway, that's it. Arn and Sid. Follow us on Facebook at The Slop Drop, on Twitter at The Slop Drop 1. Wherever there's a podcast, we are there. Hit us up, like us, share us, rate us, review us, all that good stuff. And again, until next time, we're out of here. Goodbye and good night. One, two, three.